always say you have to have a good business plan. A business plan is like a blueprint. If you go to start a house, what are you going to do? You might just go buy a bunch of lumber. You might go buy a bunch of bricks. Exactly. Dig a hole. You need to have a plan. And right. the business plan is, is your blueprint. Hello and welcome to Million Dollar Monday. I'm your host, Greg Mazzello, bringing you real successful people with real useful advice for people with big dreams. I understand big dreams. I turned an investment of $200 and a lot of great advice from some really successful people into my big dream, Proforma, that today is a half billion dollar company. We have a very interesting guest today. I'm excited to introduce to you. Interesting because not only is he a successful entrepreneur having started a balloon company of all things, and we're going to learn a whole lot more about that 30 years ago, starting Galaxy Balloons. But additionally, he has his doctorate in business management and is a professor of entrepreneurship, having taught at both Case Western Reserve University and Baldwin Wallace University. So he has some great insights for us, both from the viewpoint of a successful founder and entrepreneur and professor of entrepreneurship. Please join me and welcome Terry Briz. Terry, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Craig. So Terry, Let's start at the beginning and tell us just a little bit about your growing up years, your parents, your education, and the experiences that you had that gave you the work ethic and maybe the desire at some point to own your own business. So I came from a family of nine kids. I always joke about that. My mom would uh, throw out eight pork chops and we had to fight for you know, who got fed. But no, she was really good. And, and uh, so we had nine kids in our family. Uh, my dad used to work for a company called Moan Faucets. He was actually one of Al Moan's first salesmen. Um, we moved, I was actually born in Chicago. We moved here when I was in seven, uh, seven years old, going into third grade. We moved from Chicago to Lakewood, Ohio. And Stanadyne, uh, Moan Faucets was sold to Stanadyne, which was a company in Elyria. So we moved here, came here, attended a, a, a Catholic grade school here in, uh, in Lakewood and went on to a Catholic high school in Cleveland, Ohio. And then uh, I went to a two-year um, It's a, another story. Maybe um, I ended up going to Adrian College up in Michigan for two years. And I spent a semester in Rome, Italy, which was really awesome. Loyola University has a place there. And actually, I met my wife there. Our youngest son went there also. And then I ended up coming home. My dad had uh, colon cancer. So I ended up staying, got my degree at Cleveland State, then went on and got my MBA at Cleveland State and got my doctorate at Case. So that was kind of that background. Now bring it, bring us to your career path, right? So you graduate from school. Um, what was the career path that led you to starting Galaxy Balloons? Okay. So when I got out of school, so college, you know, we're, we're talking about 1978, 79 in Cleveland, as in the Midwest. So if you think about Erie, Pittsburgh, Detroit, Gary, right. was the big industries were automotive and steel. So I was in the steel industry. About the mid 80s, the steel industry was really in trouble. It was really going down. Uh, uh, companies like JL Steel, which is no longer around, LTV, things like that were going uh, Chapter 11 bankrupt and things like that. 
So I happened to be in Pittsburgh, um, of all places, you know, uh, working, and I'm standing in line to get a um, to get a room. You know, we didn't have the internet back there, nothing like that. You stood in line to get a hotel room, and started talking to this gentleman, and we started talking, and I was kind of bemoaning the fact that I'm in the steel industry, and I don't see the future in it. You know, these companies are going under, and I'm not sure it's something I want to do. I just got an MBA. He goes, well, would you ever want to sell balloons? I said, what? Balloons? What do you, you know? I think you're right. Like, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. You know? And the guy goes, we got a guy retired out of Chicago. And he makes, I said, well, what kind of money do you make? He says $100,000 a year. Now, this is 1985. I make that was the magic number. Right. I make right. 35000 and thinking I'm doing well, you know? But anyways, so he gave me his car. And so, okay, yeah, you know, we talked. Next day, literally, Craig, I'm driving back from Pittsburgh to Cleveland. LTV Steel goes chapter 11. I'm listening to the news. So, oh, my God. So I pull in. Everybody's like, I don't know what we're going to do. They owe us this money. We got layoffs. We got so I'm reaching around. Where's this guy's car? I find it. I call him up. I go down. It's a company called National Atex. They're down in Ashland, Ohio. Had a great interview. Talked to him. And they, and they were talking, but I found out that it was a commission-only job. You know, it's a 1099 commission. So I said, hey, can I get a draw on the commission? They said, sure, what do you want? I said, how about 5000 a month? No problem. So I just doubled my pay roughly and said, okay, I'm on board. So they moved me to Chicago. And it was really one of the best decisions I ever made. I will look back. I got into the promotional products industry. So basically what I, my job was to do was sell uh, imprinted balloons, imprinted sport balls to promotional products distributors through through the Midwest. So I had Ohio or Northern Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, and uh, uh, part of uh, St. Louis, part of Missouri, the eastern part of Missouri. So okay. it was great, you know. And I was traveling around every week, going calling on distributors, um, and I did extremely well. Uh, within a couple of years, I was their top salesman doing very very well and i was happy i just loved it i love the industry it was so much fun so wide open you could be so creative how do you do this and 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 i just i I just really fell in love with it and so i was happy 1989 i'm rep of the year doing very very well well 1990 so the beginning of january i'm in in um, st louis making calls and i call the office work to my national sales manager and goes what are you doing in St. Louis? I'm making calls. Well, we uh, changed your territory. Let me take a step back. The dad retired from um, National Aid Tech and the son took over. Okay. And that was the end of 1989. And so 1990, you know, January, I'm sitting there and I said, what do you mean you changed my territory? Yeah, we've taken away Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, and, and Missouri, and we've given you North and South Dakota. So basically... <laughs> They, they took away about, you know, 50, you know, half of my income or more. And yeah. he gave it to one of his buddies. The owner yeah. gave it to one of his buddies. And I said, well, let me talk to Rob. You know, let me talk to him. So he put me over to him. And, and his son said to me, to Terry, you're our best salesman before. If you don't like it in a couple of months, you can find a job someplace else. Really? Wow. Really. I can't make that. It's funny. Wow. There was a guy sitting across his desk when he was talking to me, he ended up starting a company, a uh, balloon company. I turned out to be one of my suppliers, but he sat across the desk and heard him say that. To me. So I'm sitting there going, okay, what do I do now? So I'm starting to look for 
a job, you know, looking around in our industry and living in Chicago. And then uh, a friend of mine, God bless his soul, Ken Buck, he pulled me aside. I remember at a Waffle House in Indianapolis, we're doing a trade show. And he said, I got to talk to you. And he, he pulled me aside. He said, why don't you start your own company? He said, you know, you guy from Chicago, right? You know where the bodies are buried. In other words, you know where the customers are. You know the right. industry. Yeah. You're hardworking. You should think about starting your own company. And he goes, if you do, I would be interested in investing in it. So I started thinking about that. And, and so I reached out and I started putting together a business plan and looking. And I, in my original business plan, I was going to have uh, five investors, myself and four others. And I just looked at that. And I was starting to put together, and part of the business plan was what was going to be my competitive advantage. Who was, why would, and that's what I tell every entrepreneur. And I, I work a little, uh, actually, the business planning clinic at BW, I'm a faculty advisor, and I've worked it, and some of my students have come back to me and started, tried to start companies up. I always say you have to have a good business plan. A business plan is like a blueprint. If you go to start a house, what are you going to do? You might just go buy a bunch of lumber. You might go buy a bunch of bricks. Exactly. Dig a hole. You need to have a plan. And right. the business plan is, is your blueprint. And so I took some time and really put together, I thought it was a really good blueprint and our business plan. And so I put that together. I contacted, uh, uh, you know, investors. They all agreed verbally. Yep. I'm on board. We'll do this. I even found the company that, which happened ironically, happened to be in Ashland, Ohio, where National Atex, who were making this new type of printing equipment that printed balloons. And these were done with silk screen. And if you don't mind, I'll just show a quick video of that. Yeah, yeah. I th I'm sure everybody really wonders how at the end of the day do you print on a balloon? So, right. yeah, yeah. Let's take a look at how yeah. how balloons get printed. Yeah, and they... um. Yeah, all balloons are inflated, and this is a silk screening process. So you could see the, the balloon being printed there. So, and uh, by the way, currently we have the capacity to print about a quarter million balloons a day. So that gives you an idea. So, also, too, the next uh, slide here, you'll see the difference. And there's two different logos there one says Flexo, and one says uh, Zenith printing, which is our name for screen printing. But you could see how the difference in printing is, and it's so much nicer so much better. So this new technology was coming out. So I was really on the cutting edge with that. So I contacted the company that was doing that and they told me how much the equipment cost and they got me in touch with a leasing company. So I talked to the leasing company, sent them my information and I would talk to the guy and he said, yeah, you should be good, no problem. So two days later, the leasing company calls me up and says, guess what? Or didn't they guess what? He just said, um, sorry, the committee turned you down. You're not going to wow. have to right. Meanwhile, I had already ordered the equipment and I called the manufacturer of the equipment. I said, you know, and he was, you know, he was bringing it up in a day or two. And I said, and I remember I, I wrote him out a check for $50,000, I believe. And I said, listen, here's the deal. Either, uh, this check is going to, I post-dated it 30 days. I said, either this check is going to cash in 30 days or you can come and get the equipment, you know, one or the other. And lo and behold, he left the equipment. Little did I know, and I find out later, if I bounced a $50,000 check, I probably could have gone to jail. But at that point, I didn't know that. So anyways, so then my investors, you know, the five investors, so I had 
Ken Buck, who was, you know, another woman from our industry. And then I had my brother and my roommate from college. So I had, and myself. Well, guess which two investors backed out at the last month? Oh, no. You want to guess? <laughs> no, go for it. I worry his family, but uh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it was family in my room. <laughs> that told me the other thing. Don't hire family. Be careful with friends. So here I was, you know, no leads, uh, $50,000 $50, less than I thought I was going to have to start the business. Meanwhile, I'd already signed the lease. I had this equipment here. So away I was going. So I was in a panic move, mo uh, mode, you know, trying to find out, okay, what do I do now? So I ended up contacting a group called Cozy smaller enterprises. They hooked me up with a, or lined me up with a, a bank, a savings amount. They're connected Friday, just for our, sure. Terry, the Council of Smaller Enterprises, COSI, is affiliated with the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Is that yeah, right? That's, that's okay. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they and, help facilitate those Small Business Administration SBA loans. Right, right. Right, right. Just for the people that are listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thanks. And then they contacted me with a, um, with a savings and loans here in, in Cleveland. And, and so I remember the officer came out or the, the loaner came out and he wanted to see, okay, what are you doing? And fortunately I had the machines up and I was running a couple orders. He's watching the balloons print and he goes, do you have a business plan? And so I, uh, I don't know if you can see this, but I had a, I know it's a bit, but I had this thick business plan that I put together. I get, he was like, well, wow, this looks good. You know, he just was a little surprised. I actually had a business plan. And so he, um, yeah, that's my original business plan. So he went back Monday morning. He calls me. He says, okay, we'll give you a loan. Now we had to, my wife and I had to go down and put our house up as collateral, but he gave us a loan. So away we were off and going. And uh, so that's kind of how, you know, and it's interesting to all entrepreneurs, you know, you talk to anybody starting to come in. I'm sure you can relate to some of these things too. You always have some interesting challenges when you start uh, start your business up and going, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, was the loan? Were you able to get a loan that replaced the need for some of the investment capital that you were looking for? Oh yes, yes, yes. Wow, that, that, there's a huge yes. lesson there for. Um, and I talk about this a lot, Terry, and I think you and I have had these conversations um, about how in today's world it seems like. A lot of entrepreneurs, especially in school, are sort of taught because it's, there's a lot of business plan competitions, pitching your plan. And it almost seems like they're taught that step one is to have a business plan. Step two is to raise money and slice up the pie. And then step three is to get going and growing. And, you know, I bootstrapped my business and, and uh, started. And it doesn't seem like schools talk about that as much anymore. And I love the thought that you didn't have to cut up the pie as much as you thought you might have to, because you were able to bring on debt. Yeah, no, that's, that's correct. You know, it's, it's, I think the idea though, you know, with the bootstrapping though too is, um, you know, it's a success rate of entrepreneurship, you know, is, you know, I, I think you're, you're better off with the well thought out business plan. Like we said before, it doesn't, and they're, I mean, there's so many successful entrepreneurs that just, hey, we'll go here. Let's give it a try. And, and, and they go along the way and, you know, bounce around. Yeah, yeah. No, okay. Oh, yeah. I, I agree in having a business plan. Uh, it's just 
some of the people wanting to slice up the pie before they yeah. even try to get started. Right. Um, that's a good point. And I think sometimes that's the right thing. And I, I certainly wouldn't want to discourage some people. Uh, but I think some people should really take a hard look at, is this something they could sort of bootstrap together with some of their own money and with debt, um, including debt. We had a guest on not that long ago, especially from the equipment supplier uh, and the cost of goods kind of what the products you were selling suppliers, you know, sometimes, and you know, this Terry uh, in our business, the suppliers who sell all of the balloons and pens and hats and mugs and shirts and all the other stuff that promotional products distributors sell sometimes become unwitting and maybe unwilling venture capital kind of people for uh, the distributors that are getting started because they get an order, they place the order with the supplier, the supplier takes the order with little or no money down, especially back in the day where that was a whole lot more popular. And then everybody's hoping the customer pays on time so that the supplier can get paid. In other words, the person that printed the, the products, uh, the distributor hopes that the customer pays so they can pay the supplier. And so uh, not that I'm trying to, to say that there are other sources of capital available, but to a certain degree, suppliers, you know, Terry, you were a source of capital, uh, right. not necessarily willingly for a lot of distributors that got up and running. And yet, probably when they, when you look back, a lot of them probably had a big, huge debt of gratitude and have been great and loyal customers of yours for a long time. Yeah. And I also think you're, you bring up an excellent point too, about suppliers. I remember going to uh, our latex balloon supplier a couple of times saying, Hey, I got this big order. I need these balloons, but can I pay you like in 90 days because it's going to be going to do this and stuff. And, and they were good, but I always made sure that with that, that check was sent out on the 85th day, you know, they got there a little early. So the next time, you know, build your credibility, but yeah, that's one way that you can do, you know, working yeah. with your suppliers, but yeah. you know, I would, you know, you can do that. And then, which is great. And I did, I've done that with my suppliers, but I've always made sure when I gave my word, you're going to get that money on that day. They got it, you know? So yeah, in the yeah, future, yeah. they would open up. Your word is, your word is everything. And, really and sometimes though, and here's where I find a lot of people fall down. Sometimes, even when we give our word, things happen and we can't do what we said we were going to do. But some people run and hide when they can't do what they said they were going to do. And that is such the wrong way to go. The right way to go is to call up whoever you told you were going to do something. Let them know you have a problem right up front and be forward about it and let them know what the new solution is that you're working on, because eventually you're going to get that phone call. Anyhow, eventually you're going to have the conversation. It's much better to be proactive in having that conversation rather than reactive when somebody's chasing you down. That's like a point or being transparent with your, your yeah, spouse, especially like a partner. You know, you say, hey, you know, here's the situation, you know, please, you know, work with me. I appreciate all that you've done. I'll do that, you know, and, and yeah, I agree. So 30 years ago, over 30 years ago, you start Galaxy Balloons. Uh, you're very successful. You even won the Entrepreneur of the Year Award. And yeah. congratulations on all of your success. Uh, as a successful entrepreneur, do you have any other advice for aspiring entrepreneurs? Well, one of the things that, that I would say as far as, you know, upcoming entrepreneurs, successful, what, what I would do is, uh, as we've talked a little bit about, is develop a really good thorough business plan. I, I don't mean to beat that horse 
at that. But yeah, I would think that I'd say visionary, you know, try to see the big picture, try to understand your market, try to see where, where everything fits in. I think that's really important. I think being a communicator, you know, you, you know, you mentioned before, we just talked integrity, you know, that to me is really important. You know, be open, honest, trustworthy, you know, with your suppliers, with your customers. Hey, Greg, you know, this order, I'm having a struggle. You know, this order is not going to get out on time. I'm letting you know ahead of time. I can send you out, of, whatever it might be, right. being upfront and trustworthy with right. your employees. Um, I think also too, is valuing your employees, appreciating them and letting them know that, you know, so we have cookout, you know, I cook out for everybody a couple times a year. We do, we have birthday meetings. We do, we try to do things. We reward, you know, we have a point system and you can, you know, get bonuses and stuff like that. So we really appreciate it. I meet with the employees frequently. I'm always asking their advice, always saying, okay, want your input. I want them to feel a partnership, you know, part of the, part of the company. It's funny, you know, um, we have done in our, our, uh, cafeteria area there we have all these flags from these from flags but from uh, countries that our employees were born so we really we've celebrated diversity for since i almost you know started the company so the day before thanksgiving usually on a wednesday you have to bring in a dish from the country you were born at we have a big celebration but i really we we really appreciate that and and, you know really so i think you know it's important as a business owner to value your employees and be able to communicate with them. I also think you're talking, going back to the, the visionary. I remember Ken Buck telling me something, and this is something also too, I found in my research when I did my uh, thesis is, you know, is you need to be able to steer the ship. And he told me, you know, he says, if you find yourself down and he talked about the ship, you know, shoveling the coal, who's steering the ship. So as a business owner, you have to learn to delegate things. To stick it back because you need to be up top and you need to be okay. Where are we going to be in six months, in one year, five years from now? And steer the shift. That's what I talk about being a visionary. Have that in in mind because it's easy. And that's one thing, and that is a fault that you, you read about a lot too. Is uh, entrepreneurs not willing to give up stuff? You know, they they don't want to. And and I think that's something that you know you you need to do that too. So those are some of the things. And also too, I think it's important to have fun. Be able to laugh at yourself, uh, admit mistakes. You know, I think that's that's important too. If you're not having fun, you know, you could. And believe me, running a business sometimes <laughs> you go through some rough patches, but you gotta try to have right, fun. Right, right. So going back to that learning to delegate thing, I think the number one reason why most people in business don't get wealthy is because they don't learn how to delegate. Because not all work is created equal. Terry, I know you know this. There's work that you could pay somebody $25 an hour or whatever to do. Right. But the, there's other work that if you focus on the business development stuff, you could be making $500 an hour. You could be getting wealthy. And some people don't realize that. They just have a to-do list. And the to-do list has a lot of stuff on it. And a lot of it's what I call do-do on the to-do list because they shouldn't be doing it. And if they continue to do it, even if they're great at it, they'll never get wealthy because you can't make $500 an hour doing $25 an hour work. Um, so I think your point about delegating is is humongous. Yeah. And again, that's what the advice, you know, and I always still think of that today. You know, are you out there shoveling the the coal or are you steering the ship? And you should be steering the ship because where it needs to go. Terry, this has been a great session learning from you about 
how to print balloons, about your successful entrepreneurial path, and uh, lots of great advice. Uh, I want to thank you for joining us this week, and I want to make sure our guests know to look forward to next week when Terry joins us to talk about some of the advice and experience he has for aspiring entrepreneurs that he has from his years of being a professor of entrepreneurship and a doctor of business management. Looking forward to next week, Terry. Me too, Greg. Thank you so much. Enjoy this.